Welcome to Life and Godliness. I am your host, Joanna Simpson, otherwise known as Josim. So many of us are struggling, stuck, lost, wounded, and hopeless when Jesus came so we could be free and live an abundant life. He wants us to enjoy him and enjoy life. But how can we truly do this if we are bogged down by life's problems? Well, Life and Godliness with Josim hopes to help persons enjoy life with Christ by sharing Christ-inspired solutions to everyday problems and digging up deep-rooted mindsets that skew our perception of the Father. To quote a popular artist, life is hard, but God is good, and he's patient in our journeys. So join us as we talk about life and godliness. Hi friends, welcome to Life and Godliness with Joe. Um, this is kind of a transitional episode um, between our last series or season um, and going into the new year. Oh, Happy New Year! Happy New Year! <laughs> I hope that the season was good and for those who, you know, the season isn't that encouraging that the Lord will continue to comfort you as you go into this new season um well today is going to be a little different you're going to hear my voice a lot more because i'm just going to be sharing a little bit of my life and my journey as well as some highlights from the past season and you know i've invited a few people just to share with me their feet their their perception on the past season as well as um sharing what they believe you know the lord is saying to the church in a sense for this upcoming year so i'm trusting god for an amazing year this year um but i feel as though my transition into this year really began from about 2017 about 2017 i believe the lord um instructed me really to write a vision i'd never really done a vision before um i've heard about vision boarding i hadn't really dug deep into it because of how god had operated in my life previously you know previously i kind of just followed the lord i just did whatever you know he kind of told me to do so he said go to school i went to school you know do this i did this you know i didn't really have a clear vision for my life but you know that year he said i really should write a vision so i procrastinated and don't follow me where that is concerned but decided that i would uh, I started to do it, you know, so I just started to write down some things and to write down this vision and, you know, I went through a series of iterations, um, you know, but the Lord really used this to start this a process of healing for me. Um, I mean, the journey, my Christian journey has been a journey in that, you know, you kind of want your Christian journey to be a little bumpless and you know you come you're wowed by god and then you just live this fantastic life on the clouds my journey has not been that it's been messy it's been you know i've hurt people people have hurt me i've had challenges where i ignore the lord's grace to forgive or you know it's just just things have been very challenging i've had such a stark and um strong internal warfare internal conflict that has really inhibited many areas of my life and has caused deep insecurity at different points in time that has that has impacted the way i live my life but you know god is good and he's faithful you know the word that he gave me i remember i went to trinidad and there was an earthquake and he gave me a word i know i was like god you carry me up here to kill me off and the word he gave me was he who began a good work in you 
is faithful to complete it until the day of Christ's return. And I took that life, that scripture, that scripture became my life scripture. You know, every inadequacy, every time I feel dissatisfied with myself, I remember that, you know, God is going to perfect that which he started. And that means God pursues us. He pursues us um, relentlessly. Sometimes he's very active in his pursuit. Sometimes he's just walking behind us, waiting, you know, almost making his presence be slightly felt until we turn to him. But, you know, going back to just this whole period of uh, um, vision development, you know, I found what God started to do is he started to show me who I was little by little. And then he carried me into a process of healing, you know, healing of wounds and just certain things that I was going through. And then he carried me to this space where I started what I would call my ministry. And trust me. Growing up, I guess I've never really thought of having a ministry, you know, because I don't know, just I wasn't really interested in having a particular type of ministry or what, you know, I guess I've always seen as my vocation as ministry. I'm a social worker, you know, I've worked in the inner cities. So it's like, that's my ministry. And I didn't really thought about having a ministry to the church. Because again, even though I'm a pastor's kid, I was never really interested in church, you know, but through a series of events, um, you know, God has really been teaching me about the church and piquing my interest. And so, um, here I am, I started life and godliness with Joe and even that was a testimony how I started and really God had been from the beginning of this year oh sorry from the beginning of 2019 God was really just speaking to me speaking 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 to me about what he was going to do in my life and how he was going to change things and he was going to work in my life he's going to answer all of these promises that you know I am um, he had given me from many years before he would answer the cries of my heart and all of these different things and so I just was following and listening and writing down and documenting and then things kind of took a turn where I believe the Lord kind of started to slowly integrate me into ministry and early on in the year I was supposed to go somewhere and it didn't work out so I said wow maybe maybe the reason why oh not it didn't work out and then I saw a conference fly online and it was somewhere accessible. It was in Florida. So I was like, oh, maybe the reason why I couldn't go to this venue, go to this um, event is because I'm really meant to go here. And I was like, wow, well, I would really want to go. But, you know, I was, I was just kind of like, okay. God had provided a kind of coaching mentor for me at the beginning of the year. Um, and, you know, in speaking to her about it, she's like, go, you know, and buy a ticket. And the truth is, I hadn't been able to find my passport for some time. I had my child and just some movement, you know, moving between houses, it was displaced. And I had looked in the place where we normally keep our passports, didn't find it. And so we started to look around the house and just decided to look um, in that place where I normally keep my passports. And there it was like smack dab in my face. And so that was a confirmation to both my husband and I that I should go. So that was a journey in itself. But what I would say is I was so convinced that God wanted me to go that at that point in time, a hurricane was heading to Florida and my flight was canceled because of the storm. And, you know, things really looked bleak. But I really believe that God was 
you know, had really set everything up so that I could go. And the way my um, itinerary was scheduled, um, it, it, was, it would have been difficult for me to not go on the day that was scheduled, right? And I really just wanted to go. And so, you know, by the the media was saying, yes, a hurricane was coming and, you know, it's so horrible. And trust me, it was a horrible um, hurricane because that was a hurricane that stayed over um, Bahamas for a number of days. And it, it was horrible, um, you know, but, you know, the media was saying that it was going to go to Florida. And so my flight was canceled and I was just like, you know, Lord, what should I do? By the way, I was flying for the first time with my one-year-old son. So that in itself was an adventure. Um, I was just like, Lord, you know, what should I do? I really believe this is you. I don't understand. And I kept, the night before, I was really thinking about these things. And then the morning I got up early and I was praying and I was just like, God, what? You know, what's happening? I looked to see if the hurricane had moved and it hadn't shown any signs of movement and all of these things. You know, it looked like it was going to Fort Lauderdale. So I was like, okay. I spoke to my aunt who the Lord had now connected me with for this trip. So just to stick up in, I was, I believe the Lord wanted me to carry my son. But I'm like, it's my first time traveling with my son. I have never gone with this child alone. I'm going to a conference. I don't know what will happen there. I do not want to be alone. And I need to be with somebody that I'll be comfortable with to have my child. If, you know, I'm, I need to be elsewhere. And I remember speaking to an aunt and I told her about it. She was like, yes, I'm coming. And from that time on, we were preparing to go. And so I spoke to her that day, the day of the flight. And she was like, well, all right, you're coming, man. You're coming. So just look and see if you can find another flight to Miami. And after some searching, I found a flight to Miami. Same time and almost the same price, just a few dollars less. I mean, that is God. <laughs> God alone. And so, you know, not all my family was very pleased that I was going while this hurricane looked like it was, you know, just barreling to where I was going to be. But I was convinced that this is what the Lord wanted. And my husband backed me. And so we went ahead. And when I arrived in Miami, one of the reasons why I went to Miami is because the storm wasn't actually going to land in Miami. It was going to land in Fort Lauderdale. That's what the media was saying. When I arrived in Miami, the persons who picked me up said there was no signs of any um, hurricane in Fort Lauderdale. When I arrived in Miami, it looked clear. It eventually starts to rain hard, but then I was informed that, you know, this rain has been going on and off for a long time. And for the entire stay i don't think it ever rained again and god knew exactly what he was doing we must always use wisdom and that's why it's important still to have accountability systems if my husband had told me no don't go i would have stayed put but he felt that yes this was still the lord and that it was still safe enough despite what the media was saying those who were um over there were convinced that it wasn't going to come um, based on what they were seeing and experiencing, I still went and thank God there was, it was an incidentless flight. And friends, like this trip is the, was a turning point of my life at this point, you know, since that trip, the Lord has restored things to me, restored friendships. I've been free off from fear. I've been more like myself. There's just, there's just so many things that God has done in my life 
from that trip and while i was on that trip i met um i was actually staying with the founders of um our internet radio and one of them said hey why didn't you just you know i would love to invite you to have a radio program um on our station and i was like nah (laughs) no way because i don't do this you know i've never done this before and i'm just i'm not gonna do this (laughs) so he's like well just pray about it pray about it and I prayed about it and it's like just trying to find what the mind of the Lord is, you know, and just, you know, what was God saying? Does he want me to do this and all of that? Um, and what I was taken back to is when God started to reveal to me what my ministry could be and what he had wanted or, you know, just kind of allowing me to dream. You know, it was a little different, to be honest, from what I was used to in the past. It was not just about God saying, Joanna, do this, Joanna, do that. But it was it was like just this process of dreaming and the vision and building out and unfolding, which was really great. And there was an aspect of that vision that really aligned with the purpose of the radio show. And so I felt that was a confirmation of the Lord. And then, you know, I was trying to figure out what's, what's, what's what should this um, program be named? And um, when, you know, I prayed about it, I was just thinking about different names and, you know, I thought maybe life and godliness, you know, you know, just speaking about life and godliness and, um, you know, but I wasn't sure. So it's like, you know, I started start to talk to my husband about it and he's like, well, I was a blue. He's like, well, you know, you could probably talk about, you know, life and godliness. And of course I was blown out of the waters because <laughs> I'm like, that is god only god now the truth is not all the time you know sometimes i just don't like the christianese to be very honest you know i just i want to have something that feels more layman that just you know because sometimes i find it's difficult to relate to the christianese like life on godliness it seems very christian but i truly believe that was what the lord wanted it to be called um and i think it represents aspects of me and just you know that and and aspects of the church there's this aspect of we have to go through and we go through the issues of life you know but at the same time we always have to be grounded in a biblical perspective um and so i'm recognizing more and more that in our lives what we live by often times or frequently are lies fed to us by the enemy and so we have to really ensure that we're in a place of getting the perspective of the lord so that we can live you know free lives abundant lives and go you know be able to walk into all that god has called us to do and to be and so god has blown my mind uh just in terms of how he has caused things to unfold and so i'm really looking forward to what he is going to do in the future um but at this time i just want to do a quick review of our previous speakers um just share some of those highlights um from the the past episodes i think i had said it earlier and i'm going to rephrase it that we need to learn how to focus on the perfection of our awesome God instead of the imperfection of his church. And his church here meaning our fellowship. Oh. Okay. Um, we have to be realistic and stop thinking that church is a perfect place. You know, oh, okay. that um, it is this balm, you know, and the church have a lot of good 
some churches have very good family situations, but there, there is just like the world, pain is there also. But when we per- focus on the perfection of God, even in a place where it's not perfect, we can be hopeful, we can be hope, and we can find hope, and we can really find fellowship. I just want to encourage persons to... Um, Gosh, I don't know how to say this now. Um, Just keep on clinging. You know, sometimes we feel like because we're struggling in certain areas that we failed, but um, there is, you know, God's love is bigger than that. And Mm -hmm. um, because of his love, he's able to always bring you back once you look to him, once you turn to him. Um, there is never a moment when we cry out to God when He and He doesn't answer. Never a moment when we reach out to Him and He flashes us off. And so I just want us to remember there's no darkness that His light cannot shine through. And He's always listening out for us. Admitting that you were abused. That's really the first step in any kind of healing process is, is to admit the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we, it's hard for us to admit, like it's kind of embarrassing to say that you committed to a church that was abusive. Uh, you don't want to fully acknowledge that because it's embarrassing. So yeah, I think it's important to say, you know, this was abusive. This wasn't just uncomfortable. This wasn't just um, a misunderstanding. This was actually an abusive situation. And I experienced a loss because of my being a part of that church. that Yeah, that's definitely something that you have to face, ad, ad, admit it and embrace it so you can get the healing that you need. Yeah. Something we talked about in the beginning was the whole idea of shame and the sense of insecurity. When you're in a, an abusive situation, what's happening is you're being stripped of your identity and you're being stripped of your value as a person. This, that's, what the, that's what the abusive situation is all about. And so I think you have to, one of the things you have to do is rediscover your worth as a person and re, re, because that has been taken from you, that sense of, of, of value. So I think you have to, and this is where God is so helpful because God created you. And if God created you, that means you are a valuable person, but you need to really go back over uh, your understanding of where do you, where does your value come from? Does it come from the pastor who says that you're a good person and because of all the things that you do? Or does your worth come from the fact that the creator of the universe created you, loves you, and died for you? That's, that's where your worth comes from. So I think establishing your value is, is an important aspect of your healing. Okay. And, and then the second thing, I, I was just going to say a second thing that – uh, that I think is important to address is anger. There's going to be, whenever you experience loss, you're going to have uh, a residue of anger in your life that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that has to be, also has to be acknowledged. And and it's also hard to admit that you have anger. No one likes to admit that they're an angry person. Mm-hmm. So if you can say, you know what? I have some anger issues. There are some things I have to be able to let go of this, which what, that's what forgiveness is all about. Mm-hmm. I have to be able to let go of this anger for what this person has done to me. Otherwise, I'm going to be thinking about this for the rest of my life. Spiritual authority. How should it work? <laughs> yeah. Well, I know that there was a, a teaching 
Well, it's probably still out there, but I, I heard the teaching years ago, but that, the idea that everyone has to be under authority and it kind of starts with Jesus and then, then the pastor's under Jesus and then the people are under the pastor and then the, the family is under the husband and it kind of goes. I mean, and, and in theory, I, you know, that, that's fine. But ultimately, our authority of Jesus is Jesus. And I think, again, I think that teaching that I just laid out was often used to control people and to manipulate people. Like if you're not under authority, if you're not reporting into someone, you're a bad Christian and bad things will happen to you if you're not under authority. It's like, you know, they talked about it like an umbrella, that, that when you're under authority, you're under the protection of this umbrella. And if you get outside of that umbrella, bad things will happen to you. And I think that whole teaching is, is, can be used in a very manipulative way, mm. in a controlling way, and it, and it ends up being abusive. And so I think people have to, to realize that Jesus is the ultimate authority. And if there's someone over you, you know, a family member or a pastor that is functioning in the, the spirit of Jesus, that's great. They're going to they're gonna add much to your life. That would be a great thing <laughs> if you could recognize that. Um, I think the first thing you can do is invite people into your life to speak into your life and say, you know, I, I'm, I'm starting to realize that maybe some of my behavior has been abusive and I feel terrible about that. And uh, what do you think? And I wouldn't ask maybe my closest friends, you know, if I'm a pastor, I wouldn't necessarily ask them. Maybe I'd start with my elders, but sometimes they just want to keep you happy. And they, they would, the first their first reaction would be, oh, no, 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 that's, that's, that's not true at all. And, and you're not going to hear the truth for them, from them. So I would go to some objective people, people who don't have any skin in the game, people who could tell you the truth and not feel like, you know, you're going to get, well, maybe you will get mad at them. But if you do get mad at them, that it, it's not going to be a big deal to them. So I'd find some objective people. It might be a counselor. It might be some friends outside of your church. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a variety of people that you could pick, but to tell them what, what you're concerned about and see what their reaction is. And I think that would help you to, to, um, get a clearer picture of who you are and if, whether or not you're abusive or not. Your brother will see against you. And we have to embrace that reality. And mm -hmm. so and that's the hard thing too, when you talk about church hurt, you know, because the, the, the trick with church hurt is that people in the church will hurt you. Mm -hmm. So it, it's not about if it happens. We're going to hurt each other. But we are called to operate in a certain way. So when you sin against me, I come to you. And then, okay, if you're not listening, what do I do? I load you up. No, no, no. I, I bring another brother. Because what's the hope? I want to, I want to convince you. I want to convince you to, hey, turn. You know, and so even the, the encouragement that the scripture wants to give when we hurt each other, it's, it's to restore. It's very restorative. Mm -hmm. um, that is what God wants. Um, and so, as I said, it, it's, it's something where, again, the gospel is really what, the thing that really helps us because you have to remember that thing your brother did to you is nothing compared to what you did to Jesus. Let me tell you this. We have one head, and that head is Christ. And there is no, no person in the multitude of people that I shepherd and father and lead that needs to obey me 
short of obeying the Holy Spirit. My role in their life is to lead them to the head, which is Christ. Say and the one thing I say, remember, is that no matter what happens to us, negatively in our life, whatever, God will use it. You can become bitter or better. And if you become bitter, you are a loser in that situation. Realize that every experience we have makes us a better person and it enables us to help other people who have gone through the same thing that we've gone through. I, I see these ideas of spiritual authority and and most of what I've been talking about is just it's in my heart and but that you know the kingdom of God, the church, his family and if you want to grow in, into the greater places of kingdom, you have a place in your heart you want to grow into, it's from the Lord. But his path to get there isn't always the paths of success and conquering and vision and passion. It, sometimes it's simply honoring those around you and valuing the people that God has placed into your life, whether they're over you or above you in positions, to honor them and to look at them as is valued of the Lord and God will grant you when he can see that he can trust you with the people in, in your life he will begin to grant you the areas of spiritual authority that you're called to yes and I would just affirm again what I've been saying through this whole time is it starts with relationship and um, just to to see in people what they can't see in themselves and to call that out and call that forth. And if you can see those things in them, it's going to turn their hearts towards you and it's going to just create this place of natural authority that will um, happen, natural trust and, and safety as they grow.
And just as we bring this season to a close, there are a few things I want to highlight. God desires unity in the church. And in the season, in the seventh or eighth episode of this show, Bruce Lengeman spoke about the fact that unity is challenging. It's not easy. We're from different backgrounds. We're from di we have different personalities, different belief systems in one sense, you know, different experiences that... Um, all come together to make us who we are but God values peace and he values unity in the church and so we have to come to a position where we do recognize that as church people we are saints we are children of God we are called to rule and reign with him um, but in this life in this natural life we have faults and we are going to rub each other the wrong way and I believe that God wants us to be in community community is important you know we are unable to manifest the kingdom of God in a certain type of powerful way if we don't all operate in the lanes that God has called us to and you know, I was listening to a friend of mine at a function yesterday and he said if you are unable to forgive someone you are unable to serve them and then Bill Johnson would say sometimes God releases your breakthrough or the things that you want the most in the places that you least want to go and so sometimes the things that God that we are crying out for that we want God to do in our lives is actually found with the people who we don't really want to be around and one of the main things that God has been showing me over the past few years is that God has deposited things in different pockets of his body as an individual I have a purpose to accomplish as um, a particular church even a denomination I believe God has given denominations particular messages and we need to listen to each other because there are various things that we can learn from each other so that the body of Christ is strengthened and we can walk in the fullness and the power of God in love serving this nation and bring this and as we unite as a church 
um, thinking of ourselves as one body serving one God in one spirit, we are going to see a change in this nation that will blow our minds. A change in this nation that we would not only God can do, but he will do through yielded vessels. God wants to work, but he will work through yielded vessels. Vessels that are willing to say yes to him. Yes to whatever he asks. And sometimes... One of the things he's asking us to do is to forgive. So I'm going to play two songs. Um, one song is really about asking God to help us to forgive those people who have deeply hurt us and deeply wounded us. When you have released people and allowed God to help you to forgive them, you will see things happening in your life. Your eyes will be open. Your, you know, God will be able to use you in ways that you have been longing for. But if we still hold on to the hurt, he will not be able to use us in the way he wants us to. And also if we have, and I believe we all have been at this place at one point or the other, been in a position where we have hurt our fellow member, you know, that we really need to ask God for forgiveness and where possible, ask them for forgiveness. Jesus, 
just like you, Jesus Christ. I want a heart, cause the heart that forgives, that is the heart that will live. Totally free from the pain of the past, and the heart that lets go, that is the heart that will know so much freedom. answer is yes Lord I want to be free my answer is yes God I'm tired of being bound Father my answer is yes I don't want this in my life Father my answer is yes God I'm ready to let it go Father my answer is yes God I'm tired of saying no Father, my answer is yes. I know you got so much for me that's been hidden by my pride. You got so much for me, so much you want to do in my life. Father, help me let it go. Lord, you know it's been so long. Father, help me let it go. As I play to you this song, I don't want to be hindered by the spirit of offense. I don't want to be hindered by people that do me wrong. I want to love them like you love me. want to love them like you love me. want to love them like you love me. want a heart that forgives. No matter what happens, Lord, give me grace, give me grace, Lord, no matter what comes, no matter what people do, I still want to love them, I want to love them just Head to my 
Let us pray. Father, thank you. I thank you that you are a good God. And that though it's hard to see at times because of the various things that we experience, the various challenges we encounter, Lord God, that you supersede everything that we can dream or imagine. And Lord, that once we allow you to heal us, once we um, give you access to the inner parts of our lives that we've been protecting because we don't trust you or anybody, Lord, help us we know that you can and will heal lord help us to open up ourselves to you lord god so that you will heal the wounds and so that we may be free in you free to do what you've called us to do free to serve you free to serve others free to love you free to love ourselves as you have loved us lord god and father we pray where we have hurt others we pray just for we repent, God. You know, sometimes we do it intentionally out of our own selfishness. Sometimes we do it unintentionally, just out of ignorance. And Lord, we just pray that you'll forgive us and you'll help us to to um, change our ways that don't line up with you. We know that the Holy Spirit works within us to do that. So help us to gaze on you. Because we can't change ourselves. If we could, then we wouldn't need you. But Lord, you are the one who changes us. Help us to have the right belief. Help us to believe what is right so that you can work in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I'm going to share some feedback from 
our listeners. From one listener, he said, I enjoyed listening to Life and Godliness with Joe. I appreciate the relaxed and conversational tone of the show as it made it easier to absorb the content. I didn't always remember to tune in, but I would get that reminder from Joe, which served me well, especially for the topics I really didn't want to miss. One such topic was a two-part series with the author of the book, Broken Trust. He spoke candidly and openly about his own experience and gave practical advice for believers. Joe's personality shines through as she asks piercing questions while sharing her own knowledge and opinions where applicable. I have gained some valuable spiritual nuggets from life and godliness with Joe and will definitely recommend. Thank you so much, listener. The other listener says, Kudos to you, Mrs. Simpson, for allowing God to take you on this new path of being a radio host. Your sessions and topics are relevant and also gives practical ways to overcome situations. I like how the presenter from the session Spiritual Abuse brought a necessary balance in reminding us that leaders are humans too and at times confrontation is necessary so as to highlight our concerns to our pastors. I like that he was open, relatable, and honest. Spiritual abuse is real and sometimes we don't recognize it or even want to accept it, but God is a healer and wants to heal everything concerning us. Thanks for joining with Joe. We look forward to hearing more from you and your guests. Thank you so much, listeners. I'm so grateful for the time you've taken to tune into the show and I trust that as we move forward, we will continue to hear from you. It's a new year and God wants to do new things. We have... Um, you know, walked into a new decade. We have walked into a new season. If you have not been looking for what God is, has been saying, I beseech you, I ask you to begin to pray, find that quiet time with the Lord and ask him. So I'm just gonna, um, I've just asked a few persons to share um, their, their views of what they believe, or I've asked a few persons to share what they believe the Lord has placed on their heart. Okay, so what's on my heart for 2020 is uh, that this year is a year of promises. A year that the Lord, I believe, would want to remind his children that he is a God of his promises. He's a God of his word. And uh, to solidify that was something that I received um, early in last year that has trickled into this year which was Isaiah 55 verses I think 8 to 11 where he speaks of your thoughts not being his thoughts and your ways not being his ways and so the words that come out of his mouth as it comes to the ground and waters it and uh, spring forth so is his word or so is his seed so is his word right that he will not allow it to return void and it just speaks to the fact that when god opens his mouth and says this is what he has or this is what he wants to do he will stand with his word and i believe that it is for 2020 that we are going to see god stand by his word with a lot of promises that he has given us over a time and a season because we have been ushered into a new season for 2020 be blessed 
Blessings and salutation. The year 2020, as denoted by those numbers, one that says double portion, the double portion blessing. But I also want us to recognize that in encouraging the double portion blessing that the enemy is going to make double his efforts to try to steal from you. So we talk about 2020 also being a year of vision. It's a year of clarity, a year of focus, a year of singleness of thought. And so when a vision is clear, it means there are some things that you're going to be able to identify and recognize. You'll be able to see the enemy from afar off. And it means, therefore, you'll have time to strategize, time to plan, time to organize what defense you'll set up. And the truth is, because of the clarity, it's not only the enemy that you'll be able to see from afar, but you'll know what God's intent, his purpose for your life is. So purpose will even be clearer. Sense of purpose, therefore, is one that we must enact in the year 2020. We must walk out in obedience the very word of God. It has become clearer to us. It has been come, become clearer than any other year. We must become prepared. We must walk out what we have heard in obedience. The terminology is hear it, see it, do it now becomes applicable. A year of application. You don't take soap and look at it and believe that it can cause you to become clean. You have to take the soap and apply it and wash yourself to be clean. And so in a year where there's double portion, in a year where there's clarity of vision, we must organize, we must plan, we must strategize. But more than anything else, we must walk in obedience. And in walking obedience will bring about success. Have a great 2020. Be blessed. It is God's intention that you are blessed. Amen. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to walk humbly, and to love mercy? I believe that this year, 2020, is a year when more than ever, the church ought to demonstrate its ambassadorship in representing mercy, in standing for justice, and in walking in humility. Our legitimacy will be properly validated by our willingness to act with humility amongst ourselves and in front of the world. We ought also, as a church, I believe, uh, continue to demonstrate even more strongly what mercy looks like. And more than ever, the church needs to identify the many sources of injustice in our nation and be found in the place of leadership against injustice. Whether this injustice be economic injustice or related to the rights of citizens, but the church ought to be in the forefront of the fight for justice. Our voices must be heard, challenging those actors in the public domain who are in fact at the heart of injustice. And it seems to me that it is going to be very difficult for us to say that we represent mercy 
without being committed to challenging injustice. What does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before your God? Amen. Joshua 24, verse 15 says, But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. I think it's important that we recognize that as we move into a new phase, a new period of life, as we move into our promised lands, as it would be, as we move into just this whole newness, it's important that we recognize that our mindsets have to change as well. Um, serving the gods of the Euphrates, it's important that we recognize that we can't hold on to what was, right? No longer should we be pining for, you know, who the, the, the things of the past, what it is that happened, how it happened, when it happened, you know, serving the gods of the past, the idols in our hearts. It's important that we remove that idolatry and forget those gods whom are who your ancestors would have served. And it's important that as you move in and simultaneously, it's important that as you move into the promised land, that as you drive out the Amorites and as we possess the land that the Lord has for you, as you as you take on the different challenges, as as the Lord displaces one and, and, and establishes another you know as the lord moves out and and just clears a pathway for you that in our own hearts we don't seek to take up the the ways the operations the mindsets of the persons before us and and in some ways if it's a business you know um the lord has now established your business as 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 the lead in in the market space it's important that you don't take up the, the attitude, the, the, the mindsets of, you know, the, the practices of the people who the Lord has displaced to put you there. It's important that we rely on the Lord. Um, and that's how Joshua has chosen to do it. And I pray that this is how all of the household of faith would choose to operate. Um, as for we, me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Praise be to God. To God be the glory. We worship you, God. We honor you. We praise you. We sing glory and honor unto your name. And God, we say with confidence, there is absolutely none like you. You're an amazing God. We thank you for taking us through 2019. We thank you that we have lived to see 2020. And we know, God, that all that we might have gone through, through 2019, that was not in our plan. We know we have gone through it for a reason. And so we are just glorifying your name. Praise be to God. Good afternoon, children of the Most High, listeners, to God be the glory. God has been speaking. And as I listen to hear what God has been saying, the Lord wants me to share with his people that it is time for positioning. Positioning to receive his promises. 
2020, the Lord said, will be a year of signs and wonders. Signs and wonders shall follow them, those that believe. And so it will be for those who believe. The Lord also said, this is the year of greater works. It's the year of divine intervention. And this is a year when we cannot just sit. It's a year when we need to get up, go out, and fulfill the promises that God has given us. It's a year in which God is going to show up and is going to show off. This is a year of spiritual explosion and a spiritual explosion for those who will put themselves in the place and in the position so God can use them. Children of God, 2020 is the year of positioning. God wants us to position ourselves to receive his promises. And so I am excited for 2020. I'm expecting greatness from God. I'm expecting to be a part of the greater work. He said the things that he has done, we can do it too. And greater things we shall do. I am preparing to be a part of the greater things. I'm preparing to be a part of the spiritual explosion that is going to take place among God's chosen. I bless you. Position yourself. Stay focused. Position yourself to receive the promises that God has given you. The prophecies that have spoken over your life. I bless you. So as we close, I just want to say a little bit about myself. I'm Joanna Simpson. I am a wife and mother. I got saved at the age of 21 well really eight um i got baptized and i gave my life to christ my father led me and then and then during the teenage years i went astray um and recommitted my life at 21 the interesting thing is when i look at some of my diaries from there you know i spoke to god during those times spoke to him about boys and all the foolishness i was thinking you know but it that really showed me that god isn't afraid of our mess and our journey and our immaturity and the things that we do he will he's there he will walk us through it um i'm also a wife of one man damoy simpson um of seven years and i have one son i'm currently a student at the university of the west indies and i work part-time as an ngo called operation save jamaica it's a worthy cause and you'll hear more about it if you join me at journeying with joe on instagram or journeying with joe one um on facebook i really believe and desire that as christians we you know are healed from the various things that have wounded us and that you know we will recognize that we all have a place in god's kingdom we all have a mission to accomplish none of us are supposed to be bench warmers none of us are supposed to be so insecure we don't we, we doubt ourselves so much that we don't do anything none of us are supposed to have wounds that hold us back life is hard 
you know but god is good and he can redeem every situation and though you know saying that sounds much easier than it actually is it's reality god loves us and so you know this um life and godliness is a part of the journeying with joe collection and the space is really just about me being vulnerable about my life um and it is also about me engaging with other persons about real issues that affect people you know my desire is that as people interact with the content from life and godliness and journeying with joe that they're able to receive healing um, and freedom and they will come into an understanding of their purpose that their faith will increase and they will recognize that living a life without power you know walking in the gifts of the spirit in a certain way is not just unacceptable but we don't have to live that way you know god has given us everything <laughs> for life and godliness we have access you know and it is for us to press in pressing for our healing pressing for the different things that you know we believe that one that god has said he would accomplish in our life and god will do it because god's God fulfills his promises. His promises are yes and amen. He's not a man that will lie. Let every man let God be true and let every man be a liar. So I look forward to sharing and hearing more from you as we continue. Um please share Life on Godliness with Joe episodes with your friends. I am just um excited to see what God will do in the future.